Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Well, hello, my name is Donna, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive eater, and thank you for including me in your meeting today, and I see a couple of folks I recognize, and um, I am, hi, Layla, and I'm based in uh, Marin, Fairfax, California. I just moved up here from Palo Alto, and um, just a little bit about myself. I've been in OA, I think um, next month coming up is my OA birthday in early October, and I think that is, um, yeah, it'll be, it's 20 years. So 20 years in OA, and then I count about not like 19 years of abstinence, took me about a year to kind of figure out uh, what what foods I was really uh, not not working for me. And it's been a, uh, you know, it's been a wild, wild ride, right? Because life is a wild ride. And yeah, I keep coming back no matter what. Um, and um, I've, I've been maintaining over 50 pound weight release and I do my best to turn my my day, my life, my food, my will over to my higher power. But I'm really good at taking it back. <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, I get to uh, you know I call into a vision for you, which is a daily phone meeting most days, and I get to at least one Zoom meeting a week. Um, and uh, I have a sponsor. I I'm sponsoring. And I'm also looking for someone right now who's willing to, uh, who wants to rigorously work the steps uh, in, in the way the big book says. And I'm very um, uh, devoted to, to working my program as, as the big book uh, indicates. So uh, let's talk about tradition nine. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And so I've got, um, Last night I read the OA 12 and 12 tradition nine and AA 12 and 12 tradition nine. And it's, I'm just gonna read a little bit out of the, that, uh, the AA 12 and 12. When tradition nine was first written, it said that Alcoholics Anonymous needs the least possible organization. And years, years since then, we have changed our minds about that. Today, we're able to say with assurance that Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole should never be organized at all. Now, this is just amazing. I mean, when you think about it, it's like we just, you know, I've been going to to 12-step to meetings for 20 years. But when you think about it, it's crazy. And, you know, the, the chapter I read proceeded to say, like, we have guidelines, and but we cannot force any member or group to do anything. And basically, it says, you know, people live or, live or die, literally, as a result of being members. And we cannot keep them out because their life could be depending on it. I've been amazed through the years that, you know, I donate to OA, which reminds me I need to make a note to do do an OA donation because I do that online now. Um, I donate to OA, but there's no fees. There's no status. There's no levels. You know, I was thinking um, if it was other kind of, let's say, uh, like a cult or a... um, or a um, organized type of um, um, uh, group, you might have to pay. You might have to pay to get to every level. You might have to pay to work every step. There might be status saying like, I'm on level four, I'm on level five, you know? We don't have any of that. It's that one of our key principles is humility. Um, uh, one of our key principles and traditions is principles before personalities. And I have learned 
that, um, you know, to leverage things like that in my life every day, humility, service, principles before personalities. When I work, I'm self-employed. When I'm working with companies, I I focus on being of service. Um, When I'm in organizations, I do my best, even though it's challenging at times to put principles before personalities. I uh, and I, I do feel that that uh, a lot of organizations have come and gone, including the Oxford Group, which is what this twelve steps were originally based upon. They those those are very popular for a short period of time, but those came and went, and we're coming up to a hundred years of uh, of twelve step programs. Uh, and from when um, uh, Bill W. originally wrote the Big Book, and uh, I have heard that this is one of the most um, profound contributions to spirituality that the United States has has offered the world. Um, and so, uh, you know, why does it work? Well, it works because because we have no organization and that we really put God's direction above any person's direction. So what do we do when we have our group conscious meetings? You know, we, we say this serenity prayer and we do our best to do God's will, right? I mean, that's really incredible. And then there's some great um, uh, uh, um, uh, quotes in here. Um, I'm just going to take a quick look. Um, that uh, uh, There's some quotes in here that say, the power to direct or govern is the essence of organization everywhere. And we know what happens. It gets political. Their power um, plays and often and corrupt, right? And um, and uh, 12-step programs have stayed out of that. And um, it talks about when somebody kind of feels like, I, I don't know about you, but you know, if you've moved or you go to a new meeting and you feel like they're doing it wrong, I got to tell them how to do it right. And uh, it talks about how uh, it's often met with resistance or laughter, you know? Because like we're all here for our recovery and we we only recover together. So anyone individually putting themselves in a power position is threatening to the whole group, you know? Um, we recognize that um, addicts can't be dictated to individually or collectively. And then the the main thing that um, <clears throat> that the the AA 12 and 12 talks about is that um, that uh, uh, I'm just going to read this uh, one thing here. That you know we have these suggestions, you know the the twelve steps, the twelve traditions. That um, if we don't follow them, we could be signing our own death warrant. You know that it's not that um, it's going to pit me against another person, but my um, addiction are not inflicted by other people. It's inflicted upon me. It's inflicted by myself, right? That uh, it's the personal disobedience to spiritual principles that that really gets me uh, suffering. So we all benefit by following following that, that by following spiritual principles, all of us, it raises the bar for us individually and collectively. And um, because we suffer, individually and collectively if we don't and it's like that suffering is the dis, dis, is the discipline so um so let me just think how i can uh, relate this to my own life well let's see um i know that when i am self-centered uh so i'm thinking about you know the my main character defects defects fear dishonesty self-centeredness self-pity self-seeking 
um, selfishness. I say selfishness, <laughs> but it's a lot of self-focused. And um, let's see, I know that when I eat, that is where I go. I know that when I use food, um, I, I, I know that I'm mad at myself. And then I also know I start taking that out on the people around me, especially my husband. I start being kind of um, snippy, grumpy at him. So so that's something that happens because what happens when I eat, when I use food, um, I'm choosing food over God. And then I get filled with remorse and self-pity. <clears throat> I'm, I'm being dishonest. I'm probably filled with fear too because I'm being self-reliant. And, um, and all of that just, it's like this... Um, I just like start caving in on myself and then the ego comes in and I'm looking out, I'm being very um, probably defensive and attacking, right? I'm just thinking through kind of, that's probably how I go. So I'm looking out for myself and um, I'm getting very defensive and, uh, and I'm, I'm not a nice person anymore. And um, I'm based in fear and I'm more worried about what I'm I'm not going to get. But when I'm uh, uh, when I turn my life and will my day over to God, when I'm doing my best to be to have humility, um, when I'm doing my best to be of service, then I get out of the way, and I get so much more from my life than I can ever imagine. You know, it's not about me, me, me. So, for example, my sponsor tells me that when I go to an event that my job is to be of maximum service because sometimes I'm, I get like a little nervous, like, Oh, how am I going to manage? And what if, what if no one is, wants to talk to me? What if this, what if that, you know? And so she tells me my job is to be of maximum service. So I show up and I'm like, well, how can I be a maximum service? And I get out of myself and I end up having like the most amazing time that I could ever imagine versus just being in my head and worrying and wondering and judging and then, you know, and um, resenting. So, you know, it, it's hard because that's, you know, I was I was brought up to be a, a very strong, independent woman. And that's where I go. You know, I, I turn in the morning, I turn my life and will over to God. And probably by uh, nine o'clock, I'm <laughs> taking it back. Um, but uh, but uh, but at least I uh, like just the other day, I was like, oh, yes, 10 steps. Oh, yes. The set aside prayers. You know, I have some tools for living. I'm so grateful for that. And I know that they work because I can see um, I have three sisters. And so I can see the way that they handle life. I'm not saying I deal, deal with it perfectly by any means, but I see the way that they deal with the life and relationships. That could be me and that I have like I have a chance. I'm in a fabulous marriage. I never thought that would, that would be possible after being raised um, uh, uh, with the parents that I was raised with. And um, and I get to show up and uh, mostly be a loving, accepting, trusting person. Uh, but you know, I go to fear. Um, that, that's that's the first thing I go to is fear. Like um, um, I've been dealing with long COVID for two and a half years, and um, and yesterday I, I have I've been really tired this week, a lot of extreme fatigue. And yesterday I woke up going, oh no, and I had COVID. Uh, uh, three weeks ago. And I'm like, oh no, that whole cycle's starting again. And I was starting to get really anxious. And then a voice said, just see how you feel tomorrow. Like, 
you know, because I'm ready to like give myself like this sentence of how life is moving forward forever. And, you know, like I heard my higher power basically saying, hey, just one day at a time. And I feel better today. So, um, you know, I just need to get through today. Um, and, uh, and I don't have to run the show. Every day I ask God to run today's show. I don't have to run the show. And, um, and then my, my goal is to engage with joy and then be of service. Um, I love outreach calls. How many minutes do I have? Seven minutes and 30 seconds. Oh God, I don't think I'm going to take all that time. <laughs> um, I'm happy to take questions. Um, uh, you know, uh, Huh. I, I love outreach calls. One of the things I feel, I don't know if it's because the, I think it was happening before the pandemic, but I think people just don't make phone calls anymore, you know, for most, probably for like 15 years of my recovery, I was making calls and getting calls and I just don't get many OA calls anymore. And um, I'd love to connect with people. So have I put my number in the chat? I'd love to get calls and, and make calls. It really helps me to talk to people. Like there's texting is one thing, but it helps me to talk to people to, um, to uh, like just articulate what's like, you know, they, you know, we say like, it's uh, our head is not a safe uh, neighborhood to hang out in. And, uh, and uh, it you know, helps me to make outreach calls and articulate like what's going on in my crazy head. Um, and, um, and then I need to work this program every day because I'm an addict and I can forget very quickly. Um, you know, I was just thinking like, Zoom meetings are awesome. I'm so grateful. I've met people all over the world. And, you know, I was talking with a colleague about how I, I, professionally I've started going to conferences again and just really seeing how like what, what we miss in the, in the, in the, in the OA rooms is like the groans of recognition, the laughter, you know, that, that kind of laughter, you know, like I could say something really horrible, but we all get it. So we laugh. Um, I'm, I really miss that. The hugs definitely miss that. So um, I'm grateful because, you know, probably it makes, you know, it makes it a lot easier to get to know a meeting on Zoom. Um, and it's like more linear, you know, um, the kind of one at a time thing. So I miss that. I haven't been to an OA meeting in person in two and a half years. Um, but I go to meetings, you know, OA is a constant. I, it's constant. I just moved house. So I'm in a whole new um uh, 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 community, um, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I have COVID, I don't have COVID, I have long COVID, I don't have COVID, I'm working, I'm not working, you know, job, no job, uh, you know, I, I have to work this program no matter what, no matter what. Um, and I also like with OA meetings, you know, I've been on plenty of, um, the, the, you know, committees and all that. And it is, I, I work in high tech and in startups and things move fast. Decisions are made fast and it is unbelievable how slow things move in OA. <laughs> I was in a meeting where I proposed we move the meeting a half hour earlier and it took us six months, you know, like, oh, we announced it, we're gonna, then we, we announce it for a month and then we talk about it, but we don't decide. Then we talk about it again. And then we took us like another two months to get a group conscious to, oh, well, we didn't we didn't want to just have the group, the the group, the folks who joined the um the business meeting. We wanted the whole meeting to vote. And that took it, you know, anyway, I took us six months and 
unbelievable. Like I just want to bang my head against the wall, but like, what's the rush? Where are we going? You know? And, uh, and it's, and it's wonderful. You know, everyone gets to have a say. Um, I, I, I'm in a kayak club and I'm like, wait, we need the, I think, is it the Robert's rules of order? You know, <laughs> um, you know, we, we, you got to make your motion and someone has to second it and then we discuss it and then we vote. Um, so it's just so, um, it's so, it, I'm so grateful. Like, I hate that I'm a compulsive eater. I hate that I can't eat whatever I want, whenever I want, without consequence. I hate that. I hate that I'm a not a normal eater, which to me means I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, with, and how, how much I want without any consequence and stay in a perfectly slim body. That's what I never feel a headache or a stomach ache. Um, that's what a normal eater is to me. I wish I was a normal eater, but I am so blessed by being in a 12 step program because I have a loving higher power i have an, an amazing community that gets me i had a friend over who i met in OA for dinner last night and like she like it's like we're cousins as we like you know we've we've got we you know we have this thing that we that we that we live with that we've that we worked on ourselves so much um i have tools for living i have a loving higher power that i get to lean on I have um, an amazing community. I have a sponsor I call every day, no matter what, who knows what, everything that's going on in my life. I'm not alone. Um, and I have, um, you know, spiritual principles that give me a chance at humility and service and, um, and, and trust and love and acceptance. And with that, I pass.